today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. It's important to understand that though you may know a lot, understand a lot, have a a wide spectrum of perception and understanding, it's just not enough. You're going to need humility as a companion to wisdom. Wise people don't always get it right. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. If you look through history, you'll find that a lot of wise people said things that turned out to be wrong. This is because at the end of the day, no matter how smart a person is, they can never really know enough. Pastor Ed tells us that because of this, those who seek out wisdom must also embrace humility. Humility is the teacher of wisdom. Through the willingness to be wrong or the ability to know that you can learn from one another, humility becomes key. Be humble to God and He'll bless you with knowledge. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. I'm going to ask you if you'll stand with me, and we're going to read just one verse from chapter 8 of Ecclesiastes, but the sermon is going to be on the whole 8th chapter. Now, as I read different versions, I I read the NIV, the New Living Translation, uh, some of the ESV, English Standard Version, and I looked also at the message, I felt like the message translation, even though it's a, a paraphrase... Uh, it, it caught some of the nuances that I wanted to focus on uh, from the Hebrew language. And so I'm using basically a lot of the message translation. And what I did was I put the whole eighth chapter in your study notes, in the, on the back of your study notes. So if you don't have that translation, uh, you could use it. But I'm just going to take... One verse to begin with, but we'll be talking about the whole chapter. In Ecclesiastes 8.1, the message translation reads, There's nothing better than being wise. Knowing how to interpret the meaning of life. Wisdom puts light in the eyes and gives gentleness to words and manners. Here Solomon is extolling the value of wisdom so that we would know how to navigate through the difficult places in life. But he doesn't stop there. He's going to tell us that there's an important companion that has to walk along with wisdom. And we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Take your word, plant it in our hearts, and may it help us to live our lives in accordance with your word. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. 
Solomon wants us to know how to live life in this present world. And he tells us that wisdom is going to help you navigate through. But even though wisdom is valuable and essential, wisdom will not always have the answer. Along with wisdom, wisdom needs a life coach. And wisdom's life coach is humility. It's important to understand that though you may know a lot, understand a lot, have a a wide spectrum of perception and understanding, it's just not enough. You're going to need humility as a companion to wisdom. Wise people don't always get it right. Uh, For example, Admiral William D. Leahy was a counselor to President Truman. In 1945, he gave this advice to President Truman. He said, this or that is the biggest fool thing we've ever done. The bomb will never go off. And I speak as an expert on explosives. He was talking about the atomic bomb. Daniel Webster, speaking before the Senate in 1848, talking about America's expansion program at that time. He said, I've never heard of anything, and I cannot conceive of anything more ridiculous, more absurd, more affrontive to all sober judgment than the cry that we are profiting by the acquisition of New Mexico and California. I hold that they are not worth a dollar. Well, Webster was a smart guy, but he missed it. How about Andrew Carnegie? I mean, he was a perceptive person. Well, he said in the year 1900, he said, Someday, to kill a man will be considered as disgusting as we in this day consider it disgusting to eat one. First World War came, Second World War came, and here we are over 100 years later. uh, A lot of murders, a lot of killing, a lot of bloodshed. Dale Carnegie, you had some good advice, but on this one you missed it. Henry Adams in 1903 had a prediction. He said, according to my figures, coinciding in fixing 1950 as the year when the world must go to smash. In other words, that's the end of things. 1950. Here we are 65 years later. How about this one? In an article, Strange World Campus Life, it says... This was written by uh, one of the higher-ups in Decatur Recording Company. He says, we don't like their sound, and guitar music is on its way out. He wrote in 1962, he was talking about the Beatles. Wisdom needs a life coach counseling. It needs a life coach counseling them, and that is humility. Along with wisdom, 
you need humility. And I'm going to look at the passages of Scripture here in the 8th chapter that say how humility and wisdom journey together through life. The first thing is found in verse 2. And again, the message translation. Do what your king commands. You gave a sacred oath of obedience. Wisdom walks before authority in humility. A wise person will walk in the presence of authority with humility, even when it disagrees. Now, all of us here who are citizens have made a a pledge, an oath. I mean, how many of you have said at one time or another the Pledge of Allegiance? It says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. With right hand over heart, we've faced the flag and we've made that pledge. Oftentimes at civic gatherings, at prayer breakfast and, and other events, We've pledged. We have in our sanctuary the American flag. Uh, We have in our sanctuary the Christian flag. And so we've pledged loyalty. So we have to navigate loyalty and recognize the authority of our government leaders, of of, uh, law enforcement, and, and all of that. So if the police officer stops you on Route 9, Be very respectful. If on 84, the state trooper happens to come behind you and those flashing lights go on and you know he's zeroing in on you, pull over and patiently wait for him to come out and greet you and be respectful. If you're working in an office and that manager, your boss, speaks to you and you feel like, boy, he's really wrong, she's really wrong, don't blow your stack and begin to argue. Show respect. If you find yourselves in circumstances, recognize that um, we are, as Christians, to respect authority. Don't fudge on the taxes. You know, I mean, we ought to all be grateful that we don't get all the government that our taxes pay for. Think about that. (laughs) Jesus said, well, then he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. We are responsible to our nation. And Paul the Apostle was not under a democracy, it was not even a benevolent dictatorship, but it was an oppressive emperor, Nero. And he writes in Romans, to the Romans in Rome, everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authorities are rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. So we really need to think very carefully and be led of the Lord in how we deal with authority, even if we disagree. Now, some things 
must be contextualized. As we study this scripture, uh, Solomon is writing in a day where kings had absolute power. So if you are in Russia with Putin ruling over the country, and you're in America, and you're speaking about a subject, you have certain latitudes. If you're in the Middle East, in a Muslim country, and you're in the UK, it's going to be different. So you have to have a wisdom and, and, and humility and, and to know what to say, what not to say. Now, in America, we're losing our freedoms very quickly. Franklin Graham uh, stood up recently for a number of people. One of them was uh, Major General Craig Olson, who is to be court-martialed. Uh, Because in a speech on the National Day of Prayer, he gave credit to God for his success. And then someone else I was reading about, a woman who was uh, already court-martialed because she had a scripture verse on her computer and didn't take it off when her commanding officer said, remove that. And the scripture verse was, uh, no weapon formed against thee will prosper. It's amazing as Christians, we're facing all sorts of things that we have to really ask God for divine wisdom to navigate through. Um, Listen to these verses from 3 to 5 in Ecclesiastes. In the message again. Uh, Don't worryingly second-guess your orders or try to back out when the task is unpleasant. You're serving his pleasure, not yours. The king has the last word. Who dares to say to him, what are you doing? Carrying out orders won't hurt you a bit. The wise person obeys promptly and accurately. We need discernment. There are times that we need to disobey, like Daniel, where he opened the windows even though the decree was made not to do what he was doing, opened the window towards Jerusalem, and he prayed to Yahweh to Jehovah God. We need to be wise like Esther in the book of Esther who knew all the nuances of the court system and she wisely approached the king to present her request. We need to have humility as the life coach of wisdom. You may know something is wrong or think it's wrong, but still be careful what you say. You may feel differently and strongly differently about a particular issue, but still respect authority, even if it's a Nero. At least that's what Paul would tell us. Walk Wisdom walks before authority in humility, not in arrogance. Now, wisdom faces the present and the future with humility. In Ecclesiastes 8.7, it reads, It is true that no one knows what's going to happen or when. Who's around to tell us? The reality is that we all have a limited, underline this, bolded, a limited insight in life. 
In verses 6 and 7 in Ecclesiastes, it reads this. For there is a time, a way for everything, even when a person is in trouble. Indeed, how can people avoid what they don't know is going to happen? I mean, there's some things we can do. Prepare for a rainy day. Have some extra money in the budget for that flat tire or that repair work that you need or that thing that you hadn't planned. I mean, there's always something unexpected happening. So, so wisely, wisely prepare. But um, there are events and circumstances that come into our lives that blindside us. How many of you had tried to do the right thing and it just blew up in your face? I remember a time like that in my own life. Years ago, I shared how I wanted to see... My mother was in the hospital back in Brooklyn, and she was dying. We knew her days were numbered. And my mom and dad, through the years, were together, and then they broke up, were together, and they broke up. And in my early teenage years, he left permanently our home, and I didn't have a whole lot of contact with my father. But my mom was dying in the hospital, and I felt that it would be good for her to have closure and for my dad to meet my mom and at least have some form of reconciliation. So I called my father up, and I said, Dad, would you come? Mom's dying in the hospital. And and we hadn't talked much over the years, but we had prayed for his salvation, prayed that he would come to know the Lord. At this time, I don't think um, he knew the Lord. And uh, I asked him to come, and I arranged a meeting, and there in the hospital, my dad came into the room, my mother was there, it was a private room that she was in, and um, I tried to bridge this gulf so that they could maybe each close that chapter in their lives. My dad was a very difficult man to deal with, and he started arguing with my mother on her deathbed. He started going back over their journey, back over their lives, blaming this person, that person, this situation, that situation for their turbulent marriage. At the end, I felt absolutely horrible. I put an added grief on my mother, not purposely. And I thought, I didn't know that would happen. Have you ever been there where you're trying to do the right thing and it just turns out wrong? And so Solomon is saying that there are times we just simply don't know, and we miss it. In fact, the message translation in chapter 8, verse 6 reads this way. Yes, there's a right time and a right way for everything, even though, unfortunately, we miss it for the most part. There are times that even in the wisdom that we have, we make mistakes. We have limited insight into the dynamics of things that might happen. Uh, The wise, wise, we want have limited control over life. The wise have limited control over life. Um, 
in Ecclesiastes 8.8, no man has the power over wind to contain it. Can you stop the wind? Can you turn it this way, that way? Do you know which way it's going to blow today? You don't know. None of us knows. And so no one has power over the day of his death. Now this Friday, I was in my office praying and reading the text and preparing for Sunday. And I happened to be reading this particular verse, thinking about it, praying about it. And my wife, Joyce, came into the office and she said, um, Ed, Vassar Hospital's called. You have to go there because Dan Walkie is not doing well. And so I got my wallet and my cell phone and I began walking out the door. And as I'm, as I'm walking out, Dan Walkie's son, Dan Walkie, he called me up and the son called me up and he said, Pastor, my dad just passed away. And I happened to think about this verse of scripture as I was leaving. And I think about over the past number of years, all the time, times, Dan was rushed to the hospital suddenly. Last year, around this time, he was in the hospital and went up to Albany. He had an aneurysm. They didn't know if they should do surgery or if they shouldn't. They were going back and forth. And, and, and times before that, there were all sorts of things going on where... We didn't know if Dan would pull through. But yet, this time, we didn't expect him to die. That morning I was in early, and Dan looked at me, and the first thing that he said to me when I came in his room was, God bless you. I always liked when Dan blessed me. I love when people bless you. And and, and so we talked and we conversed, talked with the son, we prayed together. And then after I was ready to leave, Dan looked up at me again, and Dan said to me, the Lord bless you real good. That's the last words I heard him speak to me. And to me, that was significant, to be blessed by one of these godly men that are from our church family. But the timing of it, I actually, as I left the hospital, sent out a text, and I said, Dan looks pretty good. I think he's going to be fine. Just to get a call a couple of hours later, he had passed away. Solomon says, no one knows. Now, I was reading about a man by the name of uh, Yamachachi. I'm saying this, butchering his name a little, I think. Yamachachi or Yamaguchi, Yamaguchi. Now, on August 6th, 1945, um, just before the end of the World War II, he was in Hiroshima. He heard an American bomber flying over his head. He was an engineer. And then a few moments later, he saw a flash of light, and he was knocked down by the impact of the atomic bomb. He was burnt partially in his face and on his body as well. He survived. But 140,000 other people didn't survive. They died. So he was able to get some things together and he decided to travel home 190 miles southwest. And when he got home to Nagasaki... A few days later, 
they dropped a second atomic bomb. <laughs> That's all we have time for today on Building in Faith Radio and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join with you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There, you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source for spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are all extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. By getting plugged in with a local church, you'll also be able to bless others by sharing your unique gifts. If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com and click on Back to Home page. That's all we have time for today, but join us next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the pages of Ecclesiastes. Your word restores.